Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for taking the time to go ahead and listen to this today. I have a special guest, someone I'm really excited to have on here with me. His name is Doug Mitchell. He's uh, someone I've looked up to for a little bit of time, actually all the time that I've known him. He's he's uh, done some pretty awesome things in life and inspired me to kind of relive with confidence in my life without him probably even noticing it. Um, and I wanted to have him on here today to kind of just share really a little bit of who he is, what he's doing in life, and uh, some of the amazing things that he that he's overcame at such a young age. And uh, as you guys know, my story with uh, the issues I've had with my wife and with my kids and me being a, a piece of crap in the beginning of my relationship. Um, Doug has also gone through a lot of things with his wife and he's came back to uh, uh, earn uh, be able to, I want to say, like relive with confidence in an awesome way and get his whole family to do that as they're all on the same path and moving, moving forward. And that's uh, all I wanted to have Doug uh, introduce himself a little bit now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first off, thank you for having me on your show, Nathan. This is uh, this is awesome seeing you do this, you know what I mean? And getting to see the the journey and everything. It's pretty cool. So honor, honor to be here, brother. But uh, yeah, so you know, I was much like yourself. I think that's why like guys like me definitely want to help guys like you out because we see ourselves like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, I won't age myself too much, but I'm 36. <laughs> so, so when we see guys like you that are like hustlers and they're actually putting systems and processes together and actually like building real businesses, man, it's exciting. You know, we just want to like live vicariously through you back when we were starting ours. Right. Right. And so uh, early on, I knew I was going to do something great. I just didn't know what, you know what I mean? I had no skills coming out of high school. I moved to Corpus Christi with 200 bucks and a Ford Ranger. And, um, and I was following a girl like most of us do. Right. And so I, I went from job to job. I always had this like chip on my shoulder that I was better than better than the job. You know what I mean? So I, you can imagine I didn't last long. I wasn't good with authority. You know, I wanted to join the military, but I'm so glad that I was deaf in one year and I couldn't because I would have got my ass kicked in the military because of my issues with authority and everything. And so I probably got fired from like my first 20 jobs. And then I found sales and uh, I found marketing and they were very performance based positions and uh, working for a realtor and then eventually working for my previous partner in my business now. Uh, and he was a serial entrepreneur. He had an industrial staffing agency, he had a collectible gold sales company. He had a, a nonprofit that he was doing. And so he had all these businesses and everything. And so I was doing the marketing for all the businesses. You know, I was the young kid that knew Photoshop and Illustrator, self-taught, you know what I mean? And so uh, I started doing the marketing for him. I started shipping coins. I was the sales liaison. I held all these different positions. and. Um, he started recognizing that I kind of just was able to adapt to whatever I was thrown into. So he asked me to start managing one of his new startups, which was Argenta Field Solutions, my company now. And uh, I brought it, you know, he lost like 200 grand into it. It was a door-to-door -door company. He had never done door-to-door -door sales before. So I jumped in, I knocked doors for about 90 days, never knocked doors again, figured out, okay, this is the process, this is the script, this is the, the scope of work. The train the trainer. Like I started writing all that stuff up. Then I implemented it and we went from five salespeople to 110 and over 5 million commissions in about three years time. Wow. And so we were able to build that out. I had a lot of key players that came in with experience in the business. So that helped. 
And then I was a sponge, you know what I mean? Not being from the industry, I was always constantly learning and applying. And what I ended up with is a system that I still use today that was able to catapult that business from, I think when I took it over, it was like at maybe 200 grand or something like that. And then it lost 400, right? Um, so it was maybe at like 200 gross and all the way to 5 million gross in, in about three years. And since then, uh, we haven't hit 5 million again, but we've done like 2 million, 3 million, 4 million, you know what I mean? But now the profit margin is so much higher because now I'm a better business owner, right? So I'm not doing the big numbers anymore, but I'm bringing in the same amount of profit because of my experience now of 13 years. So that's kind of the journey on the business side, at least. That's awesome. That's huge. What, uh, we, so I, I had that very same, same issue with the, the getting started into jobs and everything. Now what it takes a lot of, a lot of confidence. And, uh, um, one of my mentors, his name is Neil. He told me that it takes a lot. You got to have some big balls to make some stuff happen, to make that, that leap of faith and actually stay consistent because a lot of people will, will talk about doing certain things and talk, you know, especially at, uh, I want to say you were at such a young age. I'm at such a young age. Talk about doing those things until they get to say the age you're at, you're at now, and then they try and make that jump. How right. what, what do you think uh, gave you the confidence in yourself to be able to say like at such a young age, like this is what I'm doing, and I'm not I'm not going to look back. I just I didn't like to be tied to other people's success. I had a chip on my shoulder, you know, that came from my childhood, and you know my parents weren't didn't really want me at a certain point. You know what I mean? I would say about middle school, I moved in with my aunt. Nobody came after me. So I had this chip on my shoulder to prove myself and that I was like me against the world. Right. So in an employee position, you know, if you're working for the right person, you can hundred percent do that. You can, you know, grow, expand and build something for yourself within somebody else's company hundred percent if you have the right leadership. Right. But most companies don't have that. Right. They have Victorian leaderships. And, you know, ego driven stuff like that is, is what typically happens. So you reach that ceiling, you know what I mean? And for me, it just, it wasn't acceptable, you know? So as soon as I got the opportunity to uh, run my own business, it didn't matter that it cost me 200 grand for a business that I probably could have made happen for like five grand. <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. Right. I just saw being an owner as the opportunity. Right. And, you know, when you're young, you place a lot of emphasis on that word owner you know, but it really doesn't mean anything if you're making 50 grand a year, you know what I'm saying? You can go be an employee for that, right? Uh, where it means something is when you're making an impact. That's what you should be going after and being an owner is impact, right? And so I guess what gave me the, the confidence to do that wasn't confidence. It was just sheer, I was still angry, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I had that as a driving, I had that chip on my shoulder as a motivating factor. I don't know that it was confidence as much as it was recklessness. You know what I mean? That ended up working out, right? I remember whenever, uh, so we, I was already married at this point. My daughter was three months old and I went home to my wife and I told her, hey, I'm going to buy this business. And she looked at me. I remember because it was like pillow talk. You know what I mean? She looked at me and she's like, please don't do this. Because she had seen me go from job to job to job. She had just obviously noticed how inconsistent I was, which she had every right to say that at, at that time. I wasn't following through on anything. You know, I worked for all these different people, had all these different jobs, wasn't consistent on the income and everything. So I completely understand why she said that in that moment. You know what I mean? 
it ended up working out. I did it anyways, because like I said, I was reckless and I was going to do what I wanted to do. Right. Kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, where we were kind of like little shits early on in our marriage. Right. Right. <laughs> but it, it ended up working out. We ended up, you know, building out this, uh, this amazing company. And, you know, by the time that I looked up and looked around, I realized that I realized, actually realized what I had built. I was just in such a gratitude mode and such a humble mode. And I shouldn't have been looking back at it now. I was in such a gratitude mode. I, I, I picked everybody else up. I was like, you know, this is happening because of you and because of you and because of all of us together and everything. And what I realized throughout the years, there was one common factor, one person that had been with the company from the beginning all the way through to the end. And that was me. That was the only common factor. So I think in being humble and in being that like gratitude mindset or that leadership mentality, we forget that, hey, we got here because of the skills that we have. And we got here because of the confidence now that I have now, right? After 13 years of this, we got here for a reason. We have a certain talent that can't be replaced, or we have a certain drive or a chip on our shoulder, in my case, that can't be replaced. We can't teach that. We can't train that. We can't go to the store and buy it. You know what I'm saying? And so when you recognize what that is for you, then I think that's where that confidence really comes from. Okay. That's huge. I like that. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm going to, I want to kind of move right into the next thing. Cause we kind of touched on it a little bit. This mm-hmm. is something that, um, that I struggled with a bit with, uh, uh, with a lot of stuff in the beginning of, uh, starting out in a career, starting out with my, my marriage, um, mm-hmm. and raising my kids right now I'm about to, we're about to have our third kid. I know you got three kids as well, right? Yeah. Uh, which is awesome. Um, we, uh, I struggled with, with the consistency deal with, with anything. There was a lot of stuff. I'd say I would do something, you know, like weekly date nights or taking the kids out on, on an, an hour with dad, just no phone or anything. And, and uh, all the way to like the business deal. Like I would make sure, you know, I would say I would show up at this certain time and I, I would be off at this certain time and I would never, never follow through with any of that. What is something that you started doing that kind of helped you to jump into being more consistent in life and following through on a lot of the things that you said that you were, you were going to do as a, as a father or a husband or a business owner? Yeah. I can tell you right now, if what Nathan is describing sounds like you, you're probably not going to do anything about it until it really hurts you. And what I mean by that is I don't want to come on here and pretend like, oh, I'm all these things now because I just organically decided, made this decision, right? So I think it's uh, four and a half, yeah, five years ago. Well, actually, if, if we go back, if we go back like eight years and I'm in the middle of my heyday, right? I'm conquering business. You know what I'm saying? I just made half a million dollars in a year. I'm 26 years old. You know what I'm saying? I'm every room that I go into, I'm like the most successful person in that room. You know what I mean? So that'll go to your head real fast. Right. So there's, there's that piece of it. Uh, I've got beautiful wife, three kids. I got the house. I got the trucks. You know what I'm saying? Like I've got all these boxes checked. And so remember I told you about that chip, chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Well, it doesn't go away if you don't deal with it. So I still had this chip on my shoulder and I felt like there was more I needed to conquer, right? And so if I conquered business and I conquered family, you know what I mean? What was left after that, right? Besides material things and then women, you know? And so it's not like I made a conscious decision to to be unfaithful to my wife. 
it was just like the next thing. You know, when I started traveling a lot, I felt like I needed to be taken care of when I was traveling to, you know what I'm saying? So I had this idea in my head of the successful businessman, you know what I mean? That had a team and had people waiting hand and foot on them. And, you know, this, this whole thing went to my head. Right. And so I'm traveling to these different offices. I'm one person when I'm at another, when I'm traveling on the road, which is, you know, unfaithful, drinking heavy, eating out all the time, not working out, not paying attention to my diet. You know what I'm saying? I think I was like 285 pounds at this time. You know, I'm two, I'm, I'm 230 now. Like I'm thick, you know what I'm saying? But I'll, I'll throw down on the basketball court. I'll, <laughs> I'll play some rugby, you know what I'm saying? But not back then, right? And so then I would come home and I would be the model dad, you know what I'm saying? Take care of the kids and uh, do all, all of that stuff. But my head was still in my sin or my head was still in my business. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't ever truly present. And you got to think about, you know, really, really audit yourself and say, when was the last time I was truly present anywhere? Right. And for guys like me and you, this is a constant thing. You know what I mean? We follow the G code. We, we get these things preached to us on a daily, if not weekly basis, because we're in organizations like Apex. Right. Right. But the, the normal person listening to this, that, isn't exposed to all that doesn't maybe understand the the intentionality of gratitude right and so and i and i was one of those people and so i was more looking at the things and the accomplishments and you know i still had that hole in me you know what i mean and that hole in you happens when you're not able to be present where you are and you're not able to be grateful for the things that you have you always have this chip on your shoulder like i had right and so you know, when it, when it came to being unfaithful, I was very good at it. You know, I did it for two years and then I eventually helped my wife's uncle open up his church. Right. So here I am an integral part of the church and I'm doing all this stuff when I'm on the road. And when I'm home again, model dad, helping out with the church, you know, financially and, uh, with my time. And, uh, eventually you're around those kind of people enough that conviction starts hits starts hitting you. And all of a sudden God starts opening up that communication. You know what I'm saying? And so he started convicting me that, Hey, this is going to end poorly. You know what I'm saying? If you don't get your shit turned around. So eventually I made the decision to stop what I was doing and to start sewing into my family intentionally sewing into my family. And it, it went really well for two years. I did that. And my wife saw the change. The family dynamic changed. I had more connection with my kids and it was incredible, but there was still one thing that was missing, which was my integrity. Cause I still hadn't told her everything I did in the past. Right. And so that eventually came up organically and uh, she found out. And then I, she found out about one small thing and then I unloaded everything on her literally the last or not the last two years, but those two years where I was unfaithful, I told her about everything. Right. And so obviously that was a shock to her. You know, she had this, you know, husband that she looked up to and that um, she was able to follow. And all of a sudden, you know, this facade I had created came crashing down. Right. And so we separated, we eventually divorced. And so, you know, one of my core values now is we operate with integrity. And one of the things I want to be want to have said at my funeral is Doug was a man of integrity. 
you know, and that, that doesn't, that statement doesn't come lightly, you know what I'm saying? And so I've got to go to work on this. So anyways, I'm driving after we divorced, I'm driving from Corpus Christi back to San Antonio where she wanted to move to be close to her parents. And so obviously I moved too. I'm going to be close to my kids, 50, 50 custody, the whole deal. I had just sold our, our family home in San, in Corpus Christi, driving back to San Antonio. And in my head, I'm just, I'm self-auditing. I'm asking myself, what got you here? And when I think about all the little moments where I didn't keep my integrity, whether it was getting up early, whether it was on the road and not being faithful, or whether it was, you know, saying I was going to earn something that I didn't or paying a bill that I didn't pay on time or whatever the case was. When I thought about all these little moments, it made the worst parts of me. It, it composed it. So I told myself when I was making that drive, I said, I'm, I'm going to start operating with integrity moving forward. And the word operate is really important because this isn't just a description. This is an actual like SOP for a way to live life, operating with integrity in everything that you do. You know what I'm saying? And I fail. You know what I'm saying? I don't live up to this idea I have of integrity all the time. I'm late to meetings. You know what I'm saying? It, it happens. Or, you know, in certain situations, I don't do what I think I can do. That happens all the time, you know? but it's about the intention, you know, and eventually you start getting better and better at it. And all of a sudden integrity becomes just a piece of what you do. And that's when it becomes a, a real core value. So it's huge. So that's where it's derived from. That's where the conviction comes from for all the things that I'm about to tell you right now. So it, the practical things, the tactical things you can actually start doing. And you and I have talked about this too. And it's something that I talk that I talk about when I talk about building an intentional legacy, which is one of the speeches I do from stage. And it's incredibly important to me because of the places that it comes from. So whenever this was probably when I was like 27 or 28, right? And um, we hadn't separated or divorced yet or anything. We're at our home in Corpus Christi. And I'm I've just got back from a long work trip right? Miss the family and everything, hugs and kisses, all that good stuff. And I'm in the living room and I'm playing with my daughter. My daughter at this time is like three years old. And uh, we're having a good old time playing. And then I notice a notification on my phone. I look over at my phone and I think the sales team was at like 25% of the quota for the day. You know what I'm saying? It was bad. And so I'm diving into that. I'm checking with the managers. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm on my phone or whatever. And maybe like a few minutes goes by and I look up, my daughter's gone. I'm like, where'd she go? We were playing, you know, in, in my head, she left me, you know what I'm saying? Not clicking that I had just left her for the phone. And so I went to her room to go find her. And sure enough, she's in her room. She's playing with her toys or Barbies or whatever. And, and I asked her, I said, hey, babe, why did you, why'd you leave? She said, oh, daddy, I knew that, you know, we weren't going to be playing anymore once you got on that phone, you know? And obviously she said it in a little kid way. Right. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing right now. But then, you know, and you know what's crazy? I was okay with that in that moment. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Now, when I look back at that moment, I'm like crushed because in what that says to her is that whatever's on that phone is more important. So she has to wait. So when we talk about priorities, 
You know what I'm saying? We, when we talk about these things that we say we're going to do and we don't do them, and there's really two things that is happening there. One, we're not keeping our integrity. And two, we don't have any conviction behind doing them. You know what I'm saying? And that comes from being young. You know what I'm saying? But some people are 40 years old and they still rather look at their phone than their daughter or their son. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for now, we can use the excuse of being young. I can't use that excuse anymore. You know what I mean? You still have it kind of. Now that you met me, you don't have it anymore. Not really. You know what I'm saying? Now that, yeah, now that you're around, you know, these guys that are in their 30s and can tell you stories like I just told you and that these things come from a place of conviction. Like now, it, it, it's kind of like when you hear the word for the first time. It's like now that you've heard God's word, you can't go back. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And if you do go back, you're making the decision to deny him. You know what I mean? So, and that, that was a bad analogy because I'm not saying I'm preaching God's word here. <laughs> what I'm saying is once you are aware of what these things can do to your family, then you can't go backwards from there. Now you have the knowledge and now you have the responsibility, right? So uh, going back to that, so what do I do now, right? Well, the first thing that I do is, you know, like when I went from owning a, a sales org to 100% consulting, right? I sat my family down and I, and, and I told them, look, this is what I'm going to do now. It's like, it's like daddy's starting a whole new business. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to have to work my tail off and it's going to be me doing it. I'm going to be in the business for the next, you know, year probably. And then I'll figure out how to delegate, how to uh, delegate the responsibilities and bring on more people to take on the workload and everything. But you guys are going to see me traveling a lot. You're going to see me working early mornings, late nights. You know what I'm saying? I'm still going to uphold the things that I said I was going to do, like date night once a week or uh, date day night with the kids once a month, each individual kid, or like my son's starting to play baseball, my daughter's in gymnastics, you know what I'm saying? I have to contribute to all those things, right? But anyways, when you sit your family down and you tell them, hey, this is what's going on, and this is why I'm doing it, and this is the goal for it, right? Dad's going to be a lot happier because he doesn't have to depend on other people for our income or our success, right? Um, we're going to get closer to owning that 340 acre ranch that we want. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, this is going to open up a lot of opportunities for you guys when you get older, but more importantly, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for the family. You know what I'm saying? And so now we're all on the same page. Now, when I go out of town for three days and they miss me, they know why they're missing. They're not missing me because daddy loves work more than them. They're missing me because I'm trying to build something for our family. And then, yeah, for, for myself, you know what I mean? And so they understand both parts of that. And so get your family on the same page, right? That's the first piece I would say. And then their time is their time, right? So if you have an issue with being present and you have an issue with not jumping on the phone when you're with your family, then start time blocking, right? And so like, in my calendar, I have time blocked out that's specifically family time. Actually, it's not blocked out anymore. It's just automatic now. So like most things, as you do them more and more, they'll be automatic. So whenever I come home at the end of a, a, a long day of work or whatever, I go right to my bedroom and there's a nightstand there and my phone charger. The first thing I do is put my phone on that charger and then I walk in and see how everybody's day went at school. 
I might start cooking. I love cooking. So I'm, I might be the one cooking dinner or we might have practice or homework or something to do, but it's about the family in those three hours that I have with them where they have to go to bed for school the next day. So, and then maybe at the end of the night, about nine o'clock, my G code alarm goes off. So I'll fill out my G code, you know what I'm saying? And I'll respond to any texts, check social media, you know what I'm saying? Do all that type of stuff. But I'll limit that time too, because that may be time that me and Alicia are spending together, you know, so I'll do my G code and I'll put my phone back down, you know? And so we try to limit in those evenings, the time that we spend on our devices. And then obviously on the weekends, I have scheduled myself from nine to four every day. And I typically don't go past that unless it's something really important and I need to expand it out a little bit. I've, I have been expanding it to five recently because of consulting has been taking off and I need more time to meet with my clients. And so, but then I'm, you know, I'm home by five forty-five six. you know, unless I have some kind of call that night, like an Apex call or an RBO call, right? And so, but each week in my calendar, there is open space for family time. And that's the biggest thing when you start time blocking is that anytime you don't do what's in that calendar for that time, you're not keeping within your integrity. You know what I'm saying? And when you do accomplish what's in that time, well, now you're, now you're accomplishing something. Even if you don't finish the whole project, you just finished an hour of it. There's a dopamine hit that happens there because you did what you said you were going to do. So over time, you train your subconscious to actually trust you that you're going to do what you say you're going to do and stop sabotaging you. You know what I'm saying? Because if you think about it, our brains are just a tool. They're not us. Our souls are us. You know what I'm saying? But we spend all of our lives trying to convince our brain that we're going to do what we say we're going to do. Can you imagine what happens when you actually start doing it? (laughs) It's... It's unreal. It's, uh, yeah. I like that. It's, 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 uh, I, I say more like, uh, living with in, integrity and, uh, and, uh, intentional and, and being intentional with a lot of the things you're doing. Cause that's a, mm-hmm. that's a huge one. You saying that, uh, putting that on the calendar, the time blocking is something I actually was just talking about that on another episode before how mm-hmm. I, how I suck at that. Um, and how knowing that I ignored those things for the day and I'm pushing it to the next day. Like I have, yeah. I have the calendars, I have the automatic reminders and I'm like, Oh, I'm doing something else and move on to the next thing. Looking back at it at the end of the day, it's like, well, dang, I didn't do this, 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 or this makes it real hard to to live in with integrity. I like that. Yeah. And and what happens is the the most motivating thing that you're going to keep in your time block is your family stuff. You know what I mean? So as soon as you get on point with that, then you're able to do it with the work stuff and small tasks and everything too. You know, you kind of work backwards in that sense, but that's kind of how you can start practicing that, you know what I'm saying, is blocking the family stuff. Because it is, it does get tedious. It does get annoying. All the reminders going off on your phone. Turn the reminders off, you know what I mean? Just constantly be looking at your schedule, like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? If it's not a call, I don't get a reminder for it. If it's a call, I get a reminder for it. Because that now I've got to make sure I'm on time because I, I, I'm meeting with somebody else. Right. I mean, I like that. That that makes sense. I got uh one 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 thing you touched on that I wanna I wanna kind of go back to that I thought was really huge. Um, was you said that um when when learning to I guess so like something comes up right like you're not gonna be able to deal with or uh, truly be able to like move on relive with confidence with uh in life if you're not until something like happens right or unless you deal with 
with the stuff in the something past. painful something it, painful happens right right until something painful happens i like that or now is there is there a way because the same i, I don't want to say like the same thing happened but that's that's kind of like what the catalyst was for me right like mm-hmm. i i was very successful i bought the big house my wife stayed home with the kids i got the you know the big blue house with the american flag and i'm living the american dream and uh mm-hmm. never dealt with any of the stuff in the past now and then, and you know, my wife ended up leaving. A whole lot of crazy stuff happened. I became a drunk, and kind of, kind of similar story to, to you. And how uh, old are you? I, I, yeah, I know. I'm twenty five, man. Dude, you've got some like full life experience there already. Jeez, <laughs> you, just, you just decided I'm going to make all the bad stuff happen early. Get Wait. it out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> and be be trying to be done with it. But uh, yeah, how how can you? how would you say like is there a way like i know there has to be a way but that's i'm trying to come up or find a solution to mm-hmm. help maybe make make it so people can learn how to deal with that stuff that happened in the past and and confront those demons now before something bad happens before they they build that empire that they you know they've been dreaming of building and it crashes because they again never dealt with the chip on their shoulder from growing up i was an angry mm-hmm. kid and, you know yeah. it's kind of same thing do you, do you think there's anything that that would help there like any 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 little thing to try and make it so like what what could you do i guess the question would be preemptively to yeah pre- to tackle it pre- preemptive uh surround yourself by winners yep surround yourself by winners because think about it like your learning curve, like Nathan's learning curve is going to be so much faster than, than Doug's was because Nathan joined Apex at 24 years yep. old, 25 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now, even if it's just your social media feed, geez, get rid of the baby mama drama, the like high school stuff. You know what I'm saying? The political arguments, the religious arguments, all that stuff, get rid of it off your social media feed. Just doing that alone is going to retrain your brain to focus on positive things. You know what I'm saying? In, instead of what you lack, right? So that's the first piece, the social media. The second piece is, yeah, look at look at your friend group. You know what I'm saying? Look at your the people that you spend most of your time with. It, you know, the, the your coworkers. Are they complaining every day, talking about their drama or their family stuff? Or are, are they are they victims? You know what I mean? If you're surrounded by victims, all the time you're going to become a victim and hmm. typically victims are the ones that make the bad decisions you know what i'm saying i was still a, a victim even after doing everything i did in my head i was still a victim of my childhood so not until probably was it like four or five years ago did i stop i decided to stop being a victim and start looking at the man in the mirror every day and saying hey you're 100 percent responsible for all of this so you either take responsibility fix your shit and get it together, or you're going to be repeating this cycle the rest of your life. I, I like that a lot. That's huge. That's huge. Um, we're going to have to, um, I'm looking at the time here, not to cut you short at all, but I only have the free free version and I, I don't have <laughs> offers or anything. So I got yeah, like you got six minutes. minutes yeah, I got six yeah. minutes. Left. But so, so to wrap this up, I wanted to, because uh, the social media thing is huge. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something that I when I get on my social media, I, I don't see any negative t- things at all. It's all people like yourself, uh, mm-hmm. other guests that I've had on in the past. What would mm-hmm. be a good way for people? And I'll put this in the description down below as well to be able to connect with you and find you and listen to some yeah. of the, the more positive things you're saying and doing on social media. And then yeah. uh, last last thing before you do that was uh, 
Um, looking at yourself in the mirror. That was a, that's a big one that I want to, I want to burn into people's brains because that at one point um, I'm now working up to, I listened to you know, David Goggins. So you got to stare at yourself for five minutes in the mirror. Right. And like yeah. truly look at yourself and do a self evaluation. And there was a point where I could not even look at myself in the mirror. I'd wake up in the morning and I would just get ready. And I would be so ashamed of what I did the night before. And the man mm-hmm. that I was, I'm not up to five minutes yet. Cause I get distracted still, but I can sit there and look at myself and, and break down who I am and, and what I'm doing to move forward, which is, that's a huge one that I, I'm glad yeah. you touched on that there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the whole deal is like, you know, when I'm consulting for a company on sales, I'll ask them, are you showing your salespeople their numbers every day? And so you got to ask yourself, am I showing myself my numbers every day? Because if, if I'm showing myself my numbers every day, like you said, you're doing a self-evaluation, then I know where I'm at and I know where I need to improve. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when <laughs> this is something that I just saw uh, Sean Pollard do, which was freaking genius. So he, he was out at sales training, training all these car salespeople. And he's asking a guy, like, what do you think you are? 10 out of 10, you know, eight out of 10, six out of 10. And the guy goes, I'm a 10 out of 10. And then he looks at him and he goes, so you're telling me that you shouldn't even be at the sales training because you don't have any room to grow because you're already a 10. <laughs> so when you don't look in the mirror in your head, you're already a 10. It's like, it's hmm. like when we gain a little weight, we don't notice until we see a picture of ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Even when you're looking in the mirror, you always look for the best angle when you do that naturally, right? But then right. when we see a picture of ourselves, we're like, oh shit, I got a double chin now. Hmm. I'm saying that because I just noticed it the other day and I'm like, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta get back to running. I just ran a marathon. I was like, oh, I'm done with running now, but I gotta get back to it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, that self-evaluation is huge. So as you start regulating your social media, surrounding yourself with these people, being more present with your family, evaluate that every day. And that's what the G code does for us. You know, dailygcode.com, go to it, start a bookmark it on your homepage. And it is a evaluation of your day every night or every morning. You know what I'm saying? And if you can do the mirror thing on top of that, I mean, you're going to be tuned in to how you're performing, who you are and who you want to be in the future. And you'll see that Hey, I'm like a six right now, but I'm working towards a 10. You may never reach 10 because that 10 keeps changing. You know what I'm saying? Right now, a 10 for me is probably uh, I have my ranch, got my family. Maybe one of my kids are living with me on the ranch property. You know what I'm saying? That's probably like a 10 for me right now. But by the time I get there, a 10 may be, hey, I've opened up my own church or I've impacted this many people. You know, I don't know, I don't know how it's going to be once I finally get there. My 10 will move, you know? Hmm. That's huge. I like that. And I'll, I'll, uh, that's, that's really huge because it is constantly growing and changing. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a big it comes, one. It's like diet and exercise. It's, it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like development is a lifestyle. You just have to accept you're never going to reach the finish line. Hmm. You know what I mean? And that's what we have to do in our faith. That's what we have to do in our physical fitness and our mental health. We're never going to reach the finish line because if we reach the finish line, we we're lying to ourselves because hmm. we, we always have room to grow. I like that. What it is. That's huge. I like that. But man, uh, Doug, if you would tell tell some people some ways to find you. I know you got a podcast your, yourself as well. And there's uh there's some awesome ways to connect with you. Mm-hmm. You mind telling telling the people that are listening how to how to do that? Yeah, uh, building great sales teams. This is the podcast. I cover everything from sales to mindset to leadership. And uh, TX Biz Dad on all social media, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, doesn't matter. TX Biz Dad on all social media. So that's T-X-B-I-Z-D-A-D.
That's how you can get a hold of me. That's awesome. Doug, I'll tell you, man, thank you so much for uh, coming in here today and putting, uh, putting some wisdom on for everyone. And for myself, there's, I was taking some little notes while you were talking, some things I'm going to go and do some reflecting on again. Every time we talk, I, I always get some notes from you. So I really appreciate your time and I'll make sure I put all the information and ways to uh, connect with Doug down below. So everyone, I hope you guys have a great rest of the day and uh, we'll be back with another one soon. Thanks, Nathan.